0: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. and start increasing your bone density call now
1: 800-437-8217 800-437-8217 800-437-8217 that's 800-437-8217
2: live from san francisco on the sports byline broadcasting network You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready?
3: Are you ready? Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Mike Sempervivi here with you for the next hour talking professional wrestling and mixed martial arts, something we do every single day here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, and however you're joining me today, whether that be through TuneIn, iHeart, American Forces Radio, over-the-air affiliates, like the Mightier 1090, SportsByline.com via podcast, or whether you're streaming us on Twitch.tv or YouTube right now, I'd just like to say thank you for spending a little bit of time with me, the same way you have all week long. And the first thing I want to do is once again thank Kevin Gill for yesterday, who was told on maybe between 15 and 30 seconds notice by producer Dom that, yeah, you're going to have to jump in here because we're having some connection issues, by the way, had nothing to do with me. You will notice that Brian, if he was here, would be blaming me hardcore right now for that. And he would blame filthy if something happened, you know, that was out of our control. Somehow it would become our fault. It was not our fault. It was Brian's studio that caused all the problems, even out on the sea. He's got to cause me some heartache this week. But that's okay because, once again, Filthy Tom Lawler is back again with me today. So everything is going to be wonderful. Everything is going to be fine. And maybe, just maybe later on, we are going to get producer Daniel to make the call and get Greg the Hammer Valentine onto this very program. But before we do that, we have a lot of things we're going to get into today, not the least of which was AEW Dynamite last night with the happiest fuzziest, warmest memories all given to me as an old Jim Crockett Jr., Pro-wrestling fan from from the mid-Atlantic days. They were were in Greensboro last night and had an awesome six-man main event that certainly warmed my heart. Kyle O'Reilly warming a lot of other people's hearts by not re-signing with NXT and making his debut last night in AEW. We also have some other news as well. Corporal Kirshner has passed away, the former Leatherface. We will talk about that, as well as New Japan and All Japan joining forces for the hurricane so that is going to be awesome celebrating the anniversary there uh joshi festival starting uh also going to kick off that weekend and we're going to kick off everything with filthy tom waller when we get back from break wrestling observer live
1: my my
2: come my
0: at Alico.com, let us help you create your own backyard oasis, offering fire pits, pergolas, awnings, patio furniture, heaters, inflatable hot tubs, and more. We employ a group of highly skilled and knowledgeable employees who are happy to help you each step of the way. View our full selection at Alico.com. That's A-L-E-K-O 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code RADIO10 at checkout. Aleko You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com.
1: Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. You are listening
2: to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Welcome back to the show. Mike Sempervivi here with you, Wrestling Observer Live. You know, we do this show for an hour at a time, but if you want us 24-7, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Sempervivi. The timeline for this show is at WONF4W with the broadcasters at Sports Byline USA. My co-host is at Filthy Tom Lawler. And if you love pro wrestling at mid-Atlantic Pod. Brian Alvarez's Twitter is at Brian Alvarez. I don't believe it's very active right now. At least I, I hope it is not, as he continues to spend time with his family and as all of you spend time with your families during the holidays. Just want to say thank you again for, for joining us today. And got to start this off on a little bit of a sad note for anybody who's got a little bit of age on them like uh, filthy and I do. And remember, Corporal Kirshner, Michael James Penzel, uh, passed away uh, at the age of 64. It was reported by FMW archivist Bauhu uh, FMW that Kirshner had passed away. The Laughlin Funeral Home in Liberty, North Carolina, had also posted an obituary. Kirshner started his career in 1980 training under Vern Ganya and first started working in the WWF as a prelim guy. He soon adopted the name Corporal Kirshner, which highlighted his legitimate experience as a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. The problem, unfortunately, with that was, character-wise, he was coming in right after Sergeant Slaughter, and that's why the character was developed, because Slaughter had exited stage right over fees and, and issues over The G.I. Joe uh, uh, deal and whether WWF was going to get a cut of that, he ended up leaving, going to the AWA, the Pro Wrestling USA deal. And when that happened, somebody had to take on the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in the Battle of the USA against everybody, all the foreign menaces back in the day. And that ended up becoming Corporal Kirshner, probably the high point of his career there was defeating Nikolai Volkov in a flag versus flag match at WrestleMania 2. He was out of the company after that. Ended up going to New Japan for a little bit before he reinvented himself as Leatherface and became one of the featured outsiders in FMW and I kind of I was never a fan of that style of wrestling, certainly not back in that day at all. And plus, that stuff was relatively hard to find unless you were a tape trader which I was not at the time either. So it wasn't until a lot later on that I got to see some of the sheer insanity that would take place, you know, probably because of Mick Foley in like 94 or whatever it was when he came to ECW and we started, you know, seeing a little bit more of that. We saw some of this crazy stuff that was going on and uh, Tom, uh, he had a match as one of the leather faces uh, against uh, Ono and, and Nakamaki (laughs) and it was the damnedest thing I had ever seen. I can still remember seeing it for the first time on, like, whatever grainy internet video footage I, I ultimately saw it on of, of these two men power bombing Ono into a bed of nails. And I guess there's still some debate to this day over whether did they shoot on him or not, Uh whatever the deal was. But... They put him on this bed of nails. He's jumping on his chest with barbed wire boards. It's just, it's the damnedest thing. Did you ever have a chance to see Kirshner at all, let alone some of these exploits later in his career?
4: Well, I believe I had been exposed to him through watching the IWA King of the Death matches, Strangle mania ah. those sort of events. Uh, but I did not see him during his heyday. I did watch the aforementioned match the match you just mentioned against uh ono and nakamaki is it yep. um and i'll be damned if that is not one of the most uncomfortable disgusting horrific things i have seen in the ring and i've seen the blood hunter I- i've seen that sort of stuff live on until uh today's day and age thanks and for I don't watching fi-
3: my matches tom <laughs> Wikipedia says you're filthy. Is that true? I don't like that guy. Sorry. Uh,
4: okay. Well. <laughs> Leatherface. Oh, did I throw uh, you off? I'm sorry. A little bit. Leatherface <laughs> was the precursor, I guess, the sort of stuff like that, because I can't tell if that was real or fake. I don't know what was going on in that super nail hell match or whatever it was with Ono and Nakamaki. But like you said, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, I don't know whose it is, but you've got to give props to the guys who are out there, you know, putting it all on the line uh, in those types of
3: matches uh, for for the fans that like that stuff. Wild as hell. I mean, that that is for sure. I mean, the Gilberts, I think it was Eddie Gilbert and Doug Gilbert for sure. They, they were involved in something like that, too, and it may have been FMW. I mean, it's, it, it was always FMW or IWA where it was like something insane was going to happen, whether it be IWA in Puerto Rico or Japan or Mid-South. Like, somebody was going to bleed all over the place and things were going to be uncomfortable. And I remember they were involved in something like that, too, and it was the same way where... Was it a work or shoot? They ripped off their masks. They say they, they quit the company and, and they look like they about killed the people that they were working with. So it was always absolute, I don't know, absolute insanity when it comes to that stuff. And uh, again, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, this is how I remember Corporal Kirshner. It is. The only other way I remember Corporal Kirshner was back in the day where I was old enough to have the old, like, LJ doll. This was when my son got me of Bruno. Uh, And I had the original one where Corporal Kirshner without the, the beard on, just with the, the pose, you know, that that was pretty much all the LJN poses. They all pretty much, you know, look like this. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Corporal Kirshner passed away at the age of, of 64 years old. One of the dumb things that happened was I think we had already talked about his death on the show a couple of years ago, believe it or not, because WWE.com reported that he had passed away. And then he had to tell them, well, no, I didn't. I'm right here. And they ended up putting a retraction. So, yeah, that that was a they, couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, oops. They so, got the wrong dead guy. That's, yeah, not, not good. That was like the wrong one-leg guy that, that Johnny A signed, uh, the guy from Florida, instead of Zach Gowan. Then they had Steve Chamberlain. I can't even remember what the guy's name was. And they ended up having two one-leg guys on the roster. But from one side of Japan to another the more traditional side of New Japan and All Japan pro wrestling uh which uh, were thriving when FMW was was trying to get themselves off the ground and do something and they've both been through a lot of ups and downs since then but they're going to be holding a joint show on April 16th to commemorate Koken Hall's 60th birthday there's going to be a Joshi festival taking place the day before Not sure who's going to be involved there, but it's hard to believe that with New Japan being involved, that stardom will not be. And I'm sure there are going to be some outlying groups that don't want anything to do with it, but now would be a great time, I would assume, in especially Japanese women's wrestling, to try to work together the best you can when things have been so lean there and things continue to be lean. We don't know when, how long this next COVID blast is going to, and how it's going to affect things moving forward, but... Tokyo Sports is reporting that these shows are going to take place on the 15th and 16th uh no cards have been announced and again like I said nobody nobody has been mentioned as far as the Joshi uh promotions that'll be working out and taking place but New Japan also working with NOAA right now with night three of the Russell 16 uh, the Russell Kingdom 16 shows Tom obviously there's been some banter about the new Japan NOAA card in the That some people are really upset that they're not going to get like single style dream matches for the most part on those shows. And I understand that, but I also understand that this may be step one in moving forward to maybe several other shows this year. At least that's maybe I'm I'm wish casting that, but that's kind of how I looked at that. But I think in this case with All Japan, couldn't you go ahead and actually have some more, you know, shows with, you know, some more matches with some Gravitas?
4: Well, you absolutely could. I don't know if that's what we're going to get. I mean, Mike, you have followed this scene as long as anybody that I know or speak to on a regular basis. And you never get these big-time dream matches, or you very rarely do between the promotions. It's usually tag team matches, multi-man tag matches, and that's exactly what we're going to get uh, in this upcoming you know third night of Wrestle Kingdom. Now, whether that leads to Singles matches down the road uh, with the champions, whether it's Nakajima, uh, Shingo, Okada, a mix of everybody in there. Uh, I don't know. You know, we could just go back to the regular old day where it's Noah versus Noah, New Japan versus New Japan, and that's what we get. But I'm excited to see either way.
3: I'm excited to continue on with this show, too, because we haven't even gotten into AEW Dynamite yet with the, the main event that makes old men happy. Wrestling Observer Live.
1: You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. But meantime. Sound of the river, you stopping your home. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. That's
2: 800-760-1845. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here. Filthy Tom Lawler, Wrestling Observer Live. Griselda. I don't think Westside Gun's going to come on this show, but unlike AEW, we'll actually acknowledge who he is. Or NXT did that too, but I don't watch that show, so I also can't answer the question that Tom asked me during the break: Isn't Carmelo Hayes Michael Hayes's son? Now I'd like to think so. Well, when you watch
4: as much WWE as me, you sometimes have to make up your own storylines. So, will you be watching? It was Smackdown simply a question. Uh, you know, I didn't watch it last week once I realized that I didn't have to cover it on Monday, uh, with Brian. So, uh, no, and I'll tell you why I probably won't watch it, because there is a live Dynamite, or not live, but a taped Dynamite on Saturday. And actually, before that, there is the Best of New Japan Strong 2021, which will be airing free on YouTube live i believe at 5 p.m pacific and uh you know perhaps there'll be some notable wrestlers jumping in the old chat there on youtube for this new japan strong best of 2021 premiere Ooh,
3: hmm all of team filthy or are you, are you going to send your minions out there to do your bidding for you? Or are you actually going to be in that chat? Don't don't do this to the people. Don't tease them like this. Don't get them all all excited and and ready and hot for something and then and then pull it back on them. Don't be that kind of heel, Tom Lawler. Listen, the
4: real representatives of the West Side, whether you're packing heat or not, the West Side, the West Coast wrecking crew, will probably be at the gym. And if they're not at the gym, they'll be. Stuffing down some turkey to get that protein in afterwards. Danny Limelight's on vacation in Puerto Rico. And J.R. Kratos, you think that guy's hands can fit on a computer <laughs> or phone and use them properly? I don't think so. Filthy Tom will be repping Team Filthy. The sponsors paid the good money. I'll be there in the chat. Hell yeah. New yes. Japan Strong. Best of New Japan Strong on YouTube. Saturday night. Christmas you know, Day.
3: 5 p.m. Got to ask you, it's going to be Christmas. You're going to, you're going to have some some sort of beverage by your side here because I see that whiskey is going to be served at Corican Hall. That has now been decided between Kanamaru and, and Yano. Uh, how do you feel about that decision-making? I've been waiting
4: to get my hands on Yano for years, and unfortunately, due to this pandemic, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But... I actually believe, if you check an interview on New Japan's website, I believe I called out Yano for the 2023 King of Pro Wrestling, either last year or the year before, and that is still my goal. So I predict that Yano, despite it not being sake, that they're drinking in the match and it being whiskey, I think Yano is going to pull out the victory somehow.
3: Yeah, for those who are unaware, the uh, the year-end party match between Kanemaru and Yano will be a normal match, except for the fact that wrestlers are going to be, uh, here, this is the quote, forced to drink alcohol (laughs) at two-minute intervals. The referee will then administer a 20-count after the shots are taken. Should either competitor not be able to respond to the 20-count, they will lose. But pinfall submission and disqualification rules still apply. Uh, this sounds like the power hour in college, which I assuming <laughs> that you have some experience with. I was more of an Edward 40 hands guy. <laughs> that's yeah. To myself no, that's...
4: to be fair. Uh,
3: do we have to what... explain this to kids now? Do they still play well, 40s courts? I don't whatnot? know
4: what you would be forced to do in the game of Edward 40 hands is take two 40 ounce drinks, probably a Schlitz malt liquor or mad dog Say of nice. some sort. St. Ides, ooh. I believe they were a former UFC sponsor at one point. Uh, And you would have to tape them around your forearms and hands, and you, well, you couldn't take the bottles off until you were done drinking them, which makes it very hard to urinate. Uh, The goal, of course, is to hold it as long as possible and not face the embarrassment of being Edward Forty Hands himself.
3: Yeah, Dr. Kip Lipinski, I went to, his, uh, went to his wedding, stood in at his, uh, his uh, rehearsal dinner, and all the groomsmen, we all had our, our 40 that we were given. I had, uh, I think it was, God, what was it, camo malt liquor? It was the first time I ever had camo since where I was. It was a lot of St. Ides and Colt 45. And I remember they had the 64 ounce private stock malt liquor that was the terrible thing And the other, malt at least with edward 40 hands it did force you to drink it even faster and, and malt liquor out of a 64 ounce or a 40 ounce bottle i mean it got like halfway like and that was bad enough although steel reserve do you remember that one when that came out i, it, I absolutely
4: it, it, do remember steel reserve I've had I, they had a number
3: many in the of bottle them. yeah what was the number in the bottle because i worked at a liquor store and guys would come in and say give me that nine one one. And that's what they meant because it was like they had a 7-Eleven in the bottle or something like that. But they didn't care; it was just they called it 911. And that's true because if you drank too many, you'd need it.
4: You absolutely would. I mean, I felt like I drank one too many last night as I'm watching Dynamite, and I see people appearing out of left field <clears throat> NXT, and then I see <laughs> old men diving off the top turnbuckle to the outside in the main event. I thought I had drink it too much, Mike, but I hadn't.
3: It was just another week on AEW Dynamite. I mean, now, I'm sure you have crossed paths with uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly before. I don't, I don't know where. It was like almost like a different lifetime ago uh, when you had done such things there. But Mike, it's almost like I cornered them in a
4: 2014 title win against the Young Bucks, who were in the very ring with them last night after Kyle O'Reilly made his debut on AEW Dynamite in the opening segment in a match between Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. A match I enjoyed very much, as well as did the fans. It had a, a this-is-awesome chant going before the finish. I thought Orange Cassidy looked great. He out-wrestled Cole early on. The Bucks and the best friends brawled to the back. The match continued on, Orange Cassidy seemingly had it in control, out comes Bobby Fish, the dastardly Bobby Fish, the youngster, getting his TV time only to distract the referee so that the violent artist himself, Kyle O'Reilly, could make his AEW debut. He is now All Elite and seemingly in cahoots
3: with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. I like how you call him the youngster. That's like uh, Gorilla Monsoon calling Carlos Colón the youngster at the uh, Royal Rumble that one year when he was out there. the the well the well seasoned Bobby Fish out there. And I gotta be honest, I I like Orange Cassidy. I've, I know I never have had a beef with Orange Cassidy. I thought it I thought it did go on for a little bit too long there even though that's a nitpick but i do have to ask what what exactly was he doing at the end uh with the was that going to be a flying body press what move could you have pulled off the top rope with the the hands in the pockets like that was he going for the the cross body or what <laughs> a no <laughs> hands blockbuster kicked? would have been crazy
4: yeah or cassie was <laughs> he was in control of the match he went up top put his hands in his pockets and leapt off the top and just got his head super kicked <laughs> off before Panama sunrise like i don't know listen people always try to nitpick things in wrestling matches and go that doesn't make any sense well unfortunately or fortunately no matter depending on how you look at it i've watched a lot of fights now where people just do stupid stuff for no reason <laughs> so i'm going to chalk up whatever orange cassidy was doing to that why did chael Sonnen do a flip over fedor's back <laughs> right like what is going on in some of these instances so that i to me that was uh,
3: we'll just chalk that one up to bad strategy bad tactics on the part of orange cassidy anybody not named Novohiko takada doing a drop kick in a match i'm looking at you minowa man like don't 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 do that but i want to take it from pillar to post j- just in case we we get too out of line here we'll fill in the the rest of these details but i want to take it to the main event right away because this was greensboro and uh, you know i i love this ftr mjf uh tully blanchard sean spears and Wardlow. you would have thought that you know they they weren't where was tully anyway but darby allen sting cm punk i love this and i just i love pro wrestling and every day we got to sit on this show and i got to be on with brian and we got to nitpick things we got to look at things with a critical eye We have to have Brian rant and just sap all the life out of me sometimes when I I just don't want to rant. I don't want to rant about Raw. I don't even want to give it any oxygen. I want to talk about things that make me happy and matches that make me happy and situations that make me happy. And last night was one of those things because that was much like the Radicals DX against Too Cool, Rikishi, and Mick Foley in the Rock match on Raw that took place in 2000. Like, this was my match of the year. This was, like, my wrestling fan geek happiness. Like, point to a match that says, you know, you love wrestling for 2021. And this was it for me. It was a really well-worked match with six guys that I consider stars, the best tag team in the world by far, uh, a guy that was, I've watched his literally his entire career, uh, and watched him grow and sting and still be out there, come back from an injury that people thought he was done with. Darby Allen, who's might be, other than filthy Tom Lawler, the most believable person I've I've seen uh, going as far as making things look like they hurt and having the opposition look like, you know, they hurt them as well, too. Alongside CM Punk with the great comeback, all this stuff. And I thought the spots that took place in it were awesome. And again whether they be great wrestling spots or completely cartoonish spots it just made for a perfect match of pro wrestling but we're going to get filthy Tom Lawler's thoughts on that match as well as some of the other things that took place on Dynamite and maybe even Greg the Hammer Valentine if we can we can get him on the line. We'll be back Wrestling Observer Live
0: You've been putting back a few and a few becomes a few too many
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you alongside Filthy Tom Lawler. This is Wrestling Observer Live, and what we've learned during break is that we're going to probably be speaking to producer Daniel a lot more when Filthy and I host the show because... We may all have some some experiences in common, and, and that's something we'd like to deliver to you, the people, if the FCC would allow it. We'll have to work on how that will actually come about. But back on the show, <laughs> to AEW Dynamite last night. Uh, Phil, the, again, the main event for me, I mean, the, the complete Looney Tunes spot of, of punk chasing MJF through the crowd. I mean, you have all of this ridiculous stuff. You have great work. You have throwback spots to the past. And you have six really good, really good to great workers. I mean, MJF is, again, amazing amazing for his age. FTR is so incredibly underrated, although I think Dax Harwood has gotten his due this year. I don't know if Wheeler gets enough of, of his due. Darby Allen is, is a crazy man. Punk coming back, uh, again, holding up to his end of the deal. I, I just thought it was a fantastic match. And, again, just it was just a great, fun pro wrestling match.
4: Yeah, and a great way to end the show. There, a lot of people will will not. Uh, probably, or not yeah, as Max's many people. At the door. Uh, we got a new dog here. I don't know. Could now, you let what... the other
3: dogs train the dog, you know what I'm yeah. saying?
4: Uh, can you get what is Can you guess what his name is,
3: Mike? Um, can you guess
4: what the new dog's name is?
3: I will say, Boss. Oreo. Get out. stop it.
4: Oreo. The kid's named Oreo.
3: I wasn't even home. Well, black and white. Uh, what kind of kind of dog? Pit lab. Hmm. Uh.
4: Anyways, it hard on the lab. That's. Uh... <laughs> Uh there was a, yeah, this was like a greatest hits match in the main event for Sting, which is exactly what it should be because going into the holiday season, it's Christmas. Who doesn't want to see the old man break out some gifts for the youngsters? And that's exactly what we got here in the main event. Punk hit the GTS on Dax. And then uh, Sting followed up with the Scorpion Death Drop. They and Darby Allen hit the damnedest Trust Fall, Coffin Drop, halfway across the ring, maybe more, and they picked up the victory.
3: You know, it, we talk about WWE and how they go to commercial break all the time. And the fact of the matter is, you need to go to commercial break in this day and age. You have a match for long enough. I mean. People go, oh, it could all just be picture and picture. You don't understand how any of this stuff works when it comes to ads and, and you know what people expect for their money when they are advertising. But the spot where Punk ran and chased MJF throughout the building and then they come back down and Darby hit. I mean, again, a, a, to, the, to pay through the ropes on top of everybody and it was just like... The sound of it was perfect. Everything about it looked fantastic. And then they go to commercial break. It's like, well, I'll be damned you got me. That that was incredible. And I thought that spot, along with what ended up being the scariest spot in the match, I mean, it was going to look great if it, if it didn't look so damn dangerous. MJF tries to DDT Sting. He does. Gets up. Of course, Sting absolutely no-sells it. MJF goes to flee. Sting takes the ropes, crotches him. MJF. Gets dragged back into the ring. Gets hip-tossed over the top rope. Looked like he spiked himself right on his head on the concrete. Uh, Terrifying whether he broke his head, his face, his neck. He looked like he could have been in bad, bad shape. Ended up not being in bad shape at all, at least as far as the match goes. How the swelling, if it's gone down afterwards, I have no idea, but... Two wild actual spots right there. Again, a very inventive one, and then that that crazy one, the the hip toss over the top.
4: Yeah, and then Sting comes off with a plancha off the post to the floor right after that. And you have to give the you have to give FTR a lot of credit on that spot because if you watch closely, they are the ones that essentially saved MJF from you know, crashing headfirst into the ground with no cushioning. They were able to get their hands up and kind of hold on to him uh, at least a little bit and and soften the speed of the impact. So I, th- I think a lot of credit has to go to them to be in, you know, in, a, in a, the right enough spot to save him on that situation because he went flying over the top. I don't know if he was going to do a flip like you do on a hip toss or if he, you know, overshot the target, but it was essentially like the undertaker – dive over the top uh but he landed you know straight on his head and luckily it seems like his he's okay so yeah best of best wishes uh to mjf in
3: light of that it's yeah it's uh ee, that was that was terrifying but sting you know comes off the top you know immediately after that dude that's the other thing it's great it as amazing is a 60 year old sting off the top with that that dive, which pretty much, you know, again, also went, I think, more towards Dax's side there. So it was, you know, they protected MJF. MJF did get up, and you have to kind of, like, take his word for it as he's getting up. Although, you know, in that situation is he concussed whatever, but they made sure that he didn't take the brunt of Sting coming down on top of him either. But, again, this is a match that... You know, should you go out of your way to see it? Yeah. Actually, you know what? If you're a wrestling fan and you just like good old fun, this was a, a tremendous match. This was led into by Malachi Black and Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison, at least, has got some, you know, cojones as well as Brian Pillman Jr. does. And he's worried about cancel culture or whatever. Griff is worried about defending the honor of his girl and doing it in the state of North Carolina, where I didn't know he was from. But apparently he was from Winston-Salem, had his letterman's jacket on and whatnot. So he goes out there and then gets, uh, doesn't get murderized by Malachi Black, and in fact, gets a lot of good stuff in. And I'm sitting there watching that thinking, you know, Malachi Black can make, I don't want to say anybody look good, but he's just got so many ways he can work a style. He's such a unique look again there's to me so many advantages to having a guy like that and it's always amazed me that wwe didn't know what to do with him and i guess it doesn't surprise me but man did aew get a winner here i think
4: yeah i can't remember exactly the quote that i believe it was tony shivana used but he said when malachi black came out this guy looks like a movie monster or something along those lines and you know that's exactly i believe the presentation uh you know, is kind of going for, and I think that's how he comes off. He comes off like a superstar, a star, a wrestling
3: star. Yes.
4: And, you know, in a way, I think the misuse of him by the WWE and the kind of like start and stop push uh, of him didn't damage him as badly because there was a lot of times where he just wasn't on TV You know, it wasn't like he was out there chasing the 24-7 title like some of the other guys get pushed down the card into doing, and that kind of relegates him to that. He would have matches, then he'd be off TV, then he'd come back and get a push, and then he'd be off TV again. And I think, you know, the fact that there wasn't like a burnout of him losing allowed him to keep uh, a semblance of protection around him and, and around this character, and I think it's really paid off. You know, he's a superstar.
3: The, the injury, the advantage to being injured in WWE was they would screw you up for a while. And then people would forget about you. Then you'd come back and it's like, well, yeah, man, like Wade Barrett was the greatest example of that. Like, man, they haven't gotten it right. But then you go away for a while. It's like, all right, I know when they bring him back, this dude can, he can talk, he can bang, he looks like a, st- all those things. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. And <laughs> it just wouldn't happen at all. And then, you know, he, now he's in NXT as an announcer, which I'm glad the NWA, I don't know who revived his kind of career that way. I guess it was them and then NXT signed him, but. It's nice to actually hear him, because I think he's really good at that, too. Yeah, I don't know how we got out to Wade Barrett, but... I don't know either, but we'll just go ahead and keep (laughs) rewinding back on the card in the TBS semifinals, Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho and her jacket against Nyla Rose, and... uh, like Nyla Rose can work really well with almost anybody, as far as being able to be a great base to look like a monster to always battle against, and you know, experience is her obviously the biggest issue, you know, and that's only going to come in time, and it's only she's only going to get better working with people like Ruby Soho, and they have a great angle going into. I guess it's going to be her and Jay Cargill, you know, it, tough for me not to believe that, so. You know, the deal there of her shoulder and how she sold it and then ultimately getting the victory by having to utilize the no future out of nowhere, getting dragged off the top rope, then she's able to hit her finisher in desperation to get the pin, and then how she sold her shoulder afterwards, I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous performance for her, and I think it's a great way to get her and Cargill together and give to me, Jade Cargill, the TBS championship, I think that would make the most sense, and it's it's a difficult thing to do when you have somebody with so little experience. But when you have people like Deeb and Soho and Rosa and people like this, it, it certainly helps the cause.
4: Exactly, and I really think that putting that TBS title on Jade Cargill from a booking standpoint makes the most sense. Uh, it, obviously, she's very marketable based upon her look, her abilities in the ring, And having a situation in which you have two champions, which are viewed as kind of the legitimate top person in that division, has paid dividends throughout time. You know, look at the IWGP Intercontinental title and how it held prestige alongside the IWGP title. Look at the NOAA GHC title and the NOAA National GHC Championship or whatever it is. And, you know, you have Nakajima and Kino with those belts, and they're going to a 60-minute draw. In stardom, you had the secondary champion, Tam Nakano, beat Utami Hayashida during uh, a tournament in which, you know, you can make the case that is run down, everybody comes after her harder, so it doesn't uh, ruin ruin the division when you have two people at the top. And Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker had that great match uh, the Lights Out match, right, or no DQ, whatever it was, the unsanctioned match, which Thunder Rosa won. So she has that legitimate, illegitimate win over Britt Baker. Britt Baker, of course, is the champion. Jade Cargill undefeated. And now you have, uh, you know, a kind of a log jam at the top because Jade Cargill is going to beat Thunder Rosa. Now you have more legitimate title challengers. And if you put Ruby Soho over Jade Cargill in the title finals or – even over uh, Thunder Rosa, I think you have a situation where she was the. To me, she's the most recent big name challenger or big match challenger that Burt Baker's had, and there's still a little bit of, um, you know, the 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 loss is still in my mind when it comes to that.
3: As much as people, you know, and I, and I, at least for me, as much as I try to stay. Uh, Progressive about wrestling, and I've tried to do that more and more, you know, over the years. And I've just have softened a lot more over over, more over the years. It's like, as much as I like GCW, I'm still a traditionalist at heart in a lot of ways. And there were a lot of people that are complaining about the 60 minute draw, and it's like, I'm sorry, that's that's a part of the sport that you're watching. That's part of the entertainment that you're watching, and. The competition over title belts or having a claimant from outside or having a claimant from inside multiple champions. I mean, this is still a sport that was rooted inside of a a squared circle. It was still a sport that's rooted in prize fighting. Why do you want to see somebody wrestle somebody? It's either because of a personal conflict or we're doing it for money or prestige. You know what I'm saying? We are either filthy and I are going to fight over an issue or we're going to fight because they're putting a purse up. And this is what we do not what i do but what he does and what those folks over there do and to me that's always going to be important and always going to be something that can be structured and be a part of wrestling whether other people don't like that or not you might have to move to something else the same way we got to move to the break here and hopefully for one last try get greg the hammer valentine on this program wrestling observer live
1: 800-817-2968, 800 800 817 that's 800 817 please 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 that's 800-756-3744
2: you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
3: welcome back to the show mike sempervivi here with your wrestling observer live filthy tom lawler here as well too we're not going to be here with you tomorrow so i just want to thank you for having a a a great week here uh, on the show filthy being here three times kevin gill yesterday as well too or on uh wednesday uh as well too but uh filthy are you are you ready for for christmas here and Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to get the uh, the hammer on the show uh, once again. We will we'll try again for the next time, maybe even after a UFC show or something.
4: Yeah, it's bizarre. He just, I think he's still stuck in that figure four with the hammer jammer, and he can't get out. The old boy Ronnie Garvin's still sticking it to him. But we'll see if we can get him for one of our future Semper Filthy shows, or maybe even here on Wrestling Observer Live. Who knows?
3: Yeah, possibly maybe. I don't know. But I uh, hope everybody out there has got a, a safe and wonderful holiday uh, coming up here. If you've already celebrated Hanukkah, of course, salute to that. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Boxing Day, and, Rosh and everything else. Rosh Hashanah. Um, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. We got Kwanzaa. Uh, what else? We got Festivus, baby. Festivus, that's the number who, one. The airing of the grievances. <laughs> we didn't do that this week. A Are lot of people ought to be me? happy about that. Are you going to beat me in a feat of strength, Mike? I don't know, but I tell you what, Josh Briggs mentioned something when he was on about eating contests, and that's also something that we ought to tackle uh, coming up here real soon.
4: Well, just like we tackled the show this week, we will undoubtedly be winners and enjoy our holidays, Mike. To you, Mike, to all the listeners out there, happy holidays, and take us home, Sepp.
3: We shall talk to you again after a while.